Has everyone finished crashing their cups yet? <laughs> We're on week seven of Emotionally Healthy Spirituality about discovering the daily office and the rhythms of Sabbath. Sabbath is the climax of creation. A lot of times we, we think of ourselves or our creation, man, woman, as the pinnacle. It's the rest that is the pinnacle of creation. It's the communing with God, intimacy with God, that brings us into the fullness of why we were created. I didn't plan on preaching this morning. Um, a couple weeks ago, I realized that men's camp was scheduled. And so I said, well, Pastor Kevin, do, do I need a cover? He said, no, 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 no. I'm going to drive back early. I said, okay. So went on about my duties, responsibilities. A couple weeks later, you sure we got everything covered? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not going to drive back. I'm going to video a session and send it back. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Because they're, they're at men's camp. They're in the mountains. It's restful. It's beautiful. We're talking about rest. So to have a video clip of Pastor Kevin resting in the mountains, that sounded amazing. Then I get a text Friday night. The mountains are not complying with my technology. <laughs> ah! um, that was my initial reac reaction. And then, uh, then I got to thinking yesterday as I was getting ready, um, God really spoke to my heart and said, this is about rest, so just rest. And uh, I probably should have just let Jack preach because that was, that was the whole gospel right there. <laughs> when I was little, uh, I was raised on Sound of Music. That was one of my favorite movies, and I always thought it would be neat to be a nun in the Alps. That, that would be my ideal rest scenario there of uh, prancing through the hills, singing and praying and communing with God. Well, that didn't happen. I'm not a nun. But I, I still look at that image as being one of rest and relaxation. So when I'm looking to practice rest on my Sabbath, I'm looking for opportunities to be in creation, to appreciate what God has created, and to have a setting that fosters intimacy with him. And that's difficult to do. We live busy, busy lives. We're constantly running, down, running around. Our society hinges on productivity. If you're sitting still, you're doing something wrong. And I buy into that because I feel that. If I'm not doing something, even in my day off, if I'm not cleaning or cooking or doing something around the house, then I'm unproductive. And I need to get over that. that. So I'm really glad that I have this week because this is something that I really struggle with and I know we all do. It's just stopping and resting and talking to God. A few of the practices that I've been working on recently they're, they're more on the contemplative side of spirituality because they're how you slow down, how you spend time with God, how you talk to him. So one of the practices that I've gotten into doing is called a prayer of examine. And we don't do it often um, in, our, in our 
or Protestant churches, it's more of a liturgical thing, but I've, I'm learning to love it. And the prayer of examine is about looking back on your day, every day, at the end of your day, looking back on your day and praying through it to recognize where God's presence is in your day. And it, it's more of a step-by-step thing, and you can, I write prayers, I love writing prayers, so I've, I've written mine for what I do, um, but if, if this is a practice that you want to take part in, of examining your day, and you have a completely different kind of life, let me know, and I'll, I'll write a prayer with you, because it really is a wonderful practice of looking back on your day and recognizing God's presence. So the, the steps in a prayer of examine are becoming aware of God's presence, reviewing your day with thanksgiving and gratitude, paying attention to your emotions, where we are in emotionally healthy spirituality, so it's important to pay attention to your emotions, choose a feature of your day and pray about it, and then look forward to tomorrow. This is what a prayer of examine is. So I wrote one um, for, for my compassion ministries, and this is what I say at the end of the day, this is how I pray and review my day. All people are created in the image of God and reflect God's beauty. Where was I most aware of God's presence in others today? And I mentally review my day, who I met, who I talked to, how God's presence was there in that person that I engaged with. Can I identify and pinpoint how I made a conscious effort to extend care and compassion to people during this day? What was my part? What did I do to feed them or clothe them or pray for them or minister to them? What challenges or joys do I experience as I recall my care for others? Caring for people is not easy, especially when they're adults, because half the times you want to shake them, and why can't you get it together? And I, I'm, that's my issue, I know, and I'm trying to get over it, and so some days are easier than others. But these are the things that I want to review at the end of the day is, did I get joy out of this? Was this a challenge? How can I have more grace? How can I repair breaks in my relationships with others? Did I carry with myself an unspoken air of superiority? This is the part where I repent for any unchristlike attitudes I've had dealing with people. And then as I imagine tomorrow, I ask for the grace to see God's image in the lives of all those I care for. And then I end it with a prayer. This one I wrote for compassion. Lord Jesus, you showed us through your living example of servanthood what it means to care for the poor, the needy, and the afflicted. Your word tells us that you were moved by compassion often, and because of your compassion, you fed the masses, healed the sick, and comforted the brokenhearted. You continue to show your compassion and care for the world through your church. Show me daily how to be an agent of your grace. Five minutes. Five minutes of intimacy with God at the end of my day, asking the Holy Spirit to show me what I did right, what I did wrong, and how I could do it better. The other practice that I enjoy is journaling. It's another way to rest and communicate with God. 
That's a little more time intensive. I, I admit I can't do it every day, especially not if it's actually like writing out in a journal. But I, I have found a little trick, at least that's working for now, that's helping me out. There's an app for it. I have a journal app. And if, if you're like me and you have a smartphone or whatnot, you, those little red flags that pop up on your phone, does that annoy anyone else? Because I have to clear, my okay, good. I thought maybe I had a problem, well, maybe I do, I don't know. But I have to clear those flags all the time. I cannot stand to see red on my phone. They have to go away. So my little journal app pops up twice a day, once in the morning, once at night, and says, it's time to journal. And I'm like, ah, that flag's gotta go away. So I'll write something. It might just be a sentence or two or three, a paragraph, whatever it is that I'm doing right in that moment. And that's getting me into the practice of, hey, my phone told me it's time to write God a letter. And so I do, and that's helping out too. Because my gift really is in writing, and so if I'm not using that with God, then I'm not where I'm supposed to be. The point of a Sabbath is to stop, to center on Christ, to silence the distractions in our life, and to focus on scripture. This week, the guys are at men's camp, and this is what they're doing. And I feel so honored that I get to help them do that. I could feel put out, like this wasn't my plan, and now I'm here doing this, but you know what? I'm helping them rest, and I love that. And I think that's an important part in the lives of believers is that not only do we rest, but we help each other rest. If you're married, are, are you helping your husbands? Are you helping your wives to have time set aside for rest? That's hard and it's rare, but it's something that we're called to do. Look at the lives of the people around you that you're in relationship with. Are we helping each other to rest and to focus on God? I've been working a lot on the contemplative side of spirituality, like I said, and I was, I've been reading this book um, by Henry Nouwen called Sabbatical Journey, and it's, a, it's just a diary. It's just his diary of his final year of life. And it, it, every day, he just journals something. It could be completely unrelated to anything spiritual, but this is his life. And as I was reading this, I was like, why, am I, why does this so motivate me to read this man's life? Other than the fact that he's an amazing theologian, um, it's important to share our biographies and our lives with each other. The, the entire Bible is story after story after story of people's lives that inspire us and motivate us to become part of the greater narrative that is the gospel. That's what scripture is. So even in this little book about this one man's life, I feel like I'm connecting with the greater narrative of what the gospel is and what our mission is in this world. Another practice and we're actually going to do this one together. It's called Lectio Divina, divine reading. It's just reading of scripture. And the point is to read through a passage 
one time, familiarize yourself with it, read it through a second time, and try to pick out a phrase or a word that God is bringing to your attention for you to focus on. And then thirdly, you read through it a third time and focus again on what the passage is saying and what that, what that one word is that may stand out to you or that phrase that may stand out to you. So I'm going to read through a passage, a psalm, Psalm 63. You can turn there if you want, or you can just close your eyes. Whatever your posture is of listening to God and praying, do that as I read. Holy Spirit, speak to us through your word today. Psalm 63. O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be apportioned for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult, for the mouths of liars will be stopped. O oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live, in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult, for the mouths of liars will be stopped.
O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult, for the mouths of liars will be stopped. Whatever that word is, or that phrase was in that passage, that you felt God spoke to your heart, I want you to take that, and I want you to meditate on that this week. That's your word. That's your phrase. That's God whispering sweet nothings into your ear. That's your intimacy with God. We call this centering on God. And there's a very important reason for doing it. In the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality book, he uses the example of a blizzard and how 100 years ago, when they had these heavy blizzards, they used to have to tie a rope from the house to the barn. Because if they tried to go out into the blizzard, they'd get lost unless they had a rope to hang on to. Centering is like that rope. And we only do it on something stable, something that is grounded in truth, a way to keep us from getting lost. And that center is Jesus. That's who we focus on. When we don't center or focus on Jesus, we get lost in that blizzard. And we could potentially die. This last week, I lost my center. I spent most of my Wednesday in tears. My poor coworkers were like, are you okay? No, I'm not. I, I lost, my, I, I feel very disoriented right now. I've lost my center. And I went through an experience where I felt rejection. I felt abandonment. And then that led to depression and I couldn't remember where I was. But by the end of Wednesday, I remembered where I needed to be focusing. And I refocused on Jesus, got my identity back, because it was attacking my identity too. That's why we center 
and why we center on Christ, because he's the only thing stable enough. People are gonna let us down, systems are gonna let us down, Everything of this world is going to, at some point, let us down, but God is faithful and eternal and will never let us down. Our practice with this daily office, with the Sabbath, with spending time and resting in God is for this centering so that we don't get lost. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever. That's so reassuring to me because I need that rope. I need that rope to not go anywhere. I need it in the midst of the storms in my life. As we go out today, Remember who your center is, it's Jesus. It's in him that we have identity, that we have purpose, and with him we'll never be lost. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. If God is for you, who can be against you? If God is on your side, whom shall you fear? May you be like a tree that's planted by rivers of living water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf will not wither. And whatsoever you do it, say it if you know it, it shall prosper. God bless you and have the best week ever. Feel free to stay behind and worship with us as you go out or mingle in the foyer. Have a great week.